Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's up, guys? Week 18 is here, or it's coming. And, um, yeah, this is it for the regular season, anyway. This is my last chance to win one of these goddamn weeks because I'm not going to win the championship. I'm not going to be um, the top point getter or even wins and loss uh, champion. So the only thing left for me to do is what I haven't done, what a few people have done twice, and what my mother has done twice. I haven't done once, which is be the top point scorer for a week. Week 18, in the regular season anyway, is my last opportunity. I have no idea how Yahoo does the playoffs as far as points and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we'll have to wait and see uh, when next week come what that's look like. Is it going to be, you know, there's six games next week. Is it going to be one through six or will it be, you know, 11 through 16 or something like, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see uh, how it goes. But um, anyway, we're going to do something a little bit different where I'm going to talk about each game for, you know, a few minutes instead of doing a, so no all out blitz. We're just going to, and not necessarily going to do a deep dive on all the games because, and here's the reason why it's because it's week 18, the teams that have already locked in their playoff spots and all that kind of stuff. People are going to be benching. Like I, I just read Lamar Jackson is going to be benched for the uh, Ravens. They're going up against the Steelers on Saturday. Um, Holmes isn't playing for the Chiefs and and so on. You know, Flacco's not playing for the Browns and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be an extremely hard week to pick. So instead of sitting here and trying to overanalyze anything, we'll give each each game a minute or two. I'll make my pick, which I probably won't stick to for now, and uh, we'll see how it all shakes out uh, when the games get played on Saturday and Sunday. So. Let's go ahead and get it started. This is the Week 18 preview episode of the fourth phase. So let's get to it. Welcome to the fourth phase. Presented by Bears Talk Underground and Sports Drink Media. And now, your host... Larry D. Last week of the regular season. Man, it's already here. It's already 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, yeah. Looking at our at our top 10, and I am 73 points behind the leader. I'm in ninth place, so at least I'm in the top 10. I'm also 14 games behind in the uh wins and losses. I've lost a hundred games, 101 this year to be exact. I think last year I only lost about 92, uh, games. So much better. And, uh, yeah. So 
just haven't. I mean, there have been a handful of teams this year that I just haven't been able to figure out no matter what. And just when I think I've got them figured out, they go the other way. You know, in the, in the beginning of the season, I was down on some teams, and those teams have kind of come back to make me regret it. And then when I've kind of buy, bought into those teams, then they went on a couple of weeks span where they were the team I thought they were going to be uh, and everything. So it's just been a joy uh, picking games this year, which is why I give all the credit to guys like C.A. Zoid and Field Dreams and JoJo uh, who are up over 1,400 points, who have 160-plus wins uh, on the season uh, this year. You know, you guys are zigging when they're zigging, and I'm I'm zagging, and, and I've been getting it wrong, you know, over 100 times in the regular season uh, thus far. It's been a huge pain in the ass. Um, you know, and a lot of them have been like these last-second come-from-behind wins and Things like that. You've got, you've, I've, I've kept you guys up to speed on how things have gone sideways for me uh, this year. So I'm, I'm sure you've all enjoyed it. But um, we'll go real quick through the top ten, and then we'll dive into the games. Um, still our leader, and I think he has been for all but uh, maybe one or two weeks this season. It's Fields of Dreams at 1434 with a 169 and 87 record. Both are tops in the league. Uh, C.A. Zoid is behind him at 14-13, also at 169-87. and 87, So he's at least challenging for the uh, wins and losses uh, crown, if you will. JoJo right behind him at 14-12 at 162-94. and 94. Uh, Afalava at 4 with 13-85 at 159-97. and 97. S. Van Horn, 13-83 with uh, 157-99 and 99 record. McCubin, 1377 at 161 and 95. Agent Orange Jerseys at uh, 1371 and 164 and 92. Secret Bajant Man at 1369 at uh, 156 and 100 record. I'm in ninth at 1361 with a 155 and 101 record. And rounding out the top 10, Tanyoka, 1357. 158 and 98. And uh, looking at those weekly performances, let's see. Fields of Dreams has won two. C.A. Zoid has won two of the last three. Uh, JoJo has won twice. Alpha Lava has won twice. S. Van Horn, McCubin, Secret Bajant Man, Decatur Staley's, Bear Down South, Irish Mafia, and even Bear Down Omaha, who's currently 20th place in the standings and actually hasn't played since week 10, or week 9, I should say. Nothing but zeros across the board since week 9. Somebody who basically checked out midseason has won a week this season. And, of course, my mom, she won week 4 and week 14. And week 14 was that week that basically everyone had a losing record. It was that completely sideways week. I think it was the week where uh, the Sunday night game or like the something like all the, the, the primetime games were big games and we all guessed wrong. Um, I went six and nine that week. I know that. So, yeah. And the closest I got was last week or two weeks ago, week 16. Bear Down South won 99 to my 98. And, man. That really pissed me off. 
But, uh, yeah, the only person besides me in the top ten, well, there's three of us, actually, um, Agent Orange jerseys. Looks like he's come close a couple of times, but he hasn't won a week yet. I haven't won a week in Tanyoka. Those are the people in the top ten that haven't won a week yet. Me, Tanyoka, and Agent Orange jerseys haven't won a week, so I'm sure we're all gunning for it uh, this week to at least make it happen one time uh, before the regular season is done. And this is our last chance, so we all need to bring it. So there you have that. So we will see how that goes. And uh, very interested to know how it's all going to go down uh, on over the weekend. Because uh, I, I, you know, like I said, it's doing these pick'em games like I have because I used to do them privately with a bunch of friends. I would gather up everybody's picks. I would literally make you know graphics and stuff showing everyone's picks and and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I won those a couple of times, and we played them for a, at least a good eight eight to ten years. We played uh, me and the same group of people year in and year out. But um, it's like the three toughest weeks to pick games: week one, week two, and what used to be week seventeen, but now week eighteen, because of what we're staring down the barrel of right now, which is you know the teams that have nothing to play for whether it's teams that are making the play that have already made the playoffs that their playoff spot is locked in or other teams like the Jets they've are like Zach Wilson is not playing it's going to be Trevor Simeon uh on Sunday things like that are, are taking place uh you know and it's not just the quarterback that won't be playing it's going to be somebody else like come uh Sunday the the the, the 49ers and the uh Rams it's already been announced that Stafford isn't playing. Carson Wentz is going to start uh, for the Rams, and it hasn't been made. Uh, it hasn't an announcement been made yet, unless I missed it. Uh, I doubt very much that Brock Purdy plays uh, on Sunday. So you're going to have this. What should be Matt Stafford versus Brock Purdy is going to be Carson Wentz versus who is their backup quarterback? Sam Darnold, which might have been exciting five years ago when they were both with their first teams. But both of them are now with their, this is what, Donald's third team? Carson Wentz is fourth? And Carson Wentz hasn't taken a snap since he played his last game with the Commanders last season. So I don't even think he was on a team until about five weeks ago. He was like Flacco. So, yeah. And Flacco's not playing uh, on Sunday. Jeff Driscoll gets the start for the Browns. Uh, on Sunday against the you know a Bengals team that's already playing with its backup because of the injury to to Joe Burrow. Lamar Jackson is not playing on Sunday uh, against the Steelers, and they've announced Mason Rudolph is going to be starting again uh, for them. So, yeah, it's there's only so many games on the schedule where it's like okay, these teams are putting their best on the field, like the Bears and the Packers. The Bears are eliminated from playoff contention, sadly. But, uh, you know, they're playing their guys because they are playing the Packers. And the Packers are a win-and-get-in team this weekend, so you know they're putting their best on the field. So that's probably, hopefully, going to be one of the best games of the weekend is that Bears-Packers game. And God help me if I really just, I so badly (laughs) want the Bears to win this game. Oh, yeah. But... You know, it's it's a it's not a long list of games that are like that. 
you know, maybe the 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 oil the Oilers. I was thinking Houston, the Texans, and the Colts. The, I think the Colts are in right now. the The Texans are winning. You're in. Uh, Jacksonville is going to be putting their best out there because they're playing for a division championship, and um, you know if they if they beat Tennessee, they're the division champs second year uh, in a row. So we'll go through all the go through the schedule here, and uh, let's just go ahead and dive in. We don't have any. We're not doing any all-out blitz or anything, so let's just go ahead and get started over here. You know what I'm talking about? All right. So we start with the Saturday games. We're just going to go in order here. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. It's already been uh, named that the uh, you know Mason Rudolph is starting for the Steelers, so no Trubisky, no Kenny Pickett, and Lamar Jackson is not starting for the uh, Ravens, and I'm pretty sure that's still Tyler Huntley. That's the backup for the uh, for the Ravens. So, you know, I don't know who else isn't playing. Like, uh, you know, the Ravens were just announced to have, like, what, nine Pro Bowlers or something uh, this year, uh, including former Bear Roquan Smith uh, and everything. So the, the Steelers have something to play for, so it kind of gives them the edge because the, the Ravens have nothing to play for. They've got the bye week. They've got the number one seed locked up uh, and everything. Like, they literally have nothing. They're simply playing the game on Sunday because they have to. It is league mandated that they finish the schedule, and that's what they're going to do on Sunday. How much effort they put behind it, I don't know. But the Steelers have been one of those teams I was talking about that I just can't seem to figure out. Just when I thought that it's very much like every one of these is the Godfather 3. Just when I thought they were out they get pulled back in, or they pull themselves back in. The Steelers are very much one of those teams. A few weeks ago, they'd lost four out of five. Now they're 9-7, and seven, guaranteeing Mike Tomlin yet another winning season. And uh, they're, uh, if, if they win, if I win, I think they're win and you're in. Or if it's, uh, they, they're, no, actually they're one of those teams that win and needs, needs help uh, as well. So because uh, Houston and uh, Indy are in front of them. Uh, in the uh, at the nine and seven mark in the AFC, so it's going to be uh, interesting. I'm going to go out on a limb though and go with the Ravens, even though they have next to nothing to play for. This just feels like one of those games that the Steelers lose, so I am going to stick with Baltimore just for the hell of it. Now, what I were what kind of and the other thing is we're doing confidence points as well. I don't know if I'm going to do confidence next year. Maybe we just straight up just go wins and losses next season, which, you know, obviously didn't work out too well for me this year. But at least it, it would take some of the sting out of some of these losses. You got a 50-50 shot at getting all these games right. And it was like when you go all in on somebody, you put 16 points on someone and they let you down. Throughout the course of the 18 weeks, how many times has your 16-point game let you down? I know it's happened more than once to me. So, yeah, it's – um. It sucks when that happens. So I don't know if we'll do confidence points uh, next year. So we'll we'll wait and see. But for now, we are going to uh, stick with the Ravens because I think even their backups are better than what the Steelers are bringing to the uh, bringing to the bringing to the yard. <laughs> Houston at Indianapolis, the nightcap on Saturday. This game is actually going to feature what uh, what they have as their best. You know, Indianapolis um, is another one of those teams, like the Steelers, 
where, you know, every time you think they're done, you know, Shane Steichen, that guy needs, I mean, he should be in the running for coach of the year for sure, for what he's pulled from this team in Indianapolis, what they've accomplished and how they've kept themselves alive and on the fringe. And and actually right now they're in the playoffs at seven. It's amazing. But also his counterpart, D'Amico Ryan's head coach of the Texans deserves the same accolade because this was a team nobody expected anything from. And actually you could categorize Indianapolis as one of those teams as well. And you expected even less from them when Anthony Richards went down like fourth, fifth game of the season, he was done early. You know, he took a lot of lumps very early on in the season, and that shoulder surgery uh, did him in early in the uh, in the season. And it's been Gardner Minshew, uh, you know, clawing and fighting and scratching to a nine and seven record uh, with this team. And here they are; they're in right now. They're in the playoffs, so all they have to do is win on Sunday uh, against the Texans team that has, uh, you know, had its issues on the road this year. They're six and five in the conference. They're, you know, they've got the head to head advantage over the Steelers because they beat the Steelers uh, early on in the season. So if they, it's like, if they win, they will obviously swap places with the Colts and they're in. So I don't know what the scenario is for the Steelers. Actually, I mean, do they, do they actually need the Colts and the Texans to tie in order to leapfrog them both? Because they've lost to Indianapolis and uh, Houston. Houston beat them earlier in the season. Indianapolis beat them a couple of weeks ago. So I don't know what the scenario is for the Steelers, especially with the Colts and Texans playing each other. And so basically, I was like, I don't know how it is the Steelers aren't eliminated because they're not taking. I don't see a scenario where Buffalo doesn't make the playoffs now. So I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. If Buffalo loses to Miami, then maybe the Steelers have a tiebreaker over Buffalo or something like that. But. Well, I don't. I don't know, but um, you know, I, every time that I've kind of counted out on Indianapolis, they've gone ahead and won. And every time I thought they'd win, they've gone ahead and lost. Like I'm, I'm going to go back and look at my picks versus the result, and I'm going to try to put together a, a win loss record for for me with every team this year to see how it went. Because I imagine there aren't too many teams that I did well with. This year, and I would wager that three, four, three of the first four teams that we're talking about here—the Steelers, the the Texans, and the Colts—would all be losing records for me. I have no doubt. And don't get me started on the NFC South, let alone the AFC South, but the NFC South. I mean, hell, the Jacksonville, who's coming up here a little bit later on, another one that you know they went ahead, they won five games in a row. They're like eight and three, and then they. Then they lost four in a row before they finally beat Carolina last weekend. So, yeah, it's it's just not been a good year. It's been a lot of mediocre football, or at least mediocre records. Maybe not so much mediocre football, but mediocre records. A lot of middle-of-the-road teams as far as their win-loss records uh, are concerned. And, um, yeah, my record's probably pretty good. I would almost be like in symbiosis with the 49ers, like, their win-loss record is probably how I've picked them. Like, I pretty much picked them to win every game, and every game they lost, I picked them to lose it uh, kind of thing. So, I don't know. But um, I I think the Texans are the better team here. C.J. Stroud is back. Nico Collins uh, is back. So, for now, I am going to go with the Texans, even though they're on the road where 
They haven't played their best football, but it's not like they're uh, like the Bears. The Bears are two and six on the road. They're five and three at home. I think the Texans are like five and three at home and four and four on the road or something. So it's not like there's this huge disparity. It's just been more of like how the wind blows. Hopefully, it blows in the right direction and the Texans get the win. <laughs> Moving on to the Sunday games. Tampa Bay at Carolina. This is not necessarily a hard pick, or at least it shouldn't be. But this is the NFC South we're talking about here. And uh, the Buccaneers were in a great spot last week to clinch the division and make this that meaningless game that they bench everybody for to get ready for the wild card round uh, next week, a home playoff game, the whole nine yards. Uh, But instead, uh, a team that they dominated thoroughly in like week three in New Orleans, a place they've had a lot of trouble winning football games historically. Um, The Saints came in and just basically beat the crap out of them and uh, made this game one they had to have. And uh, while I have no doubt that they'll win against Carolina on Sunday, it would be the most NFC South thing ever for the Bucs to lose. It really would be. It would kind of be the cherry on top of how screwed up this division is. You know, there need to be some serious changes and revamping going on, uh, you know, so that there's somebody that emerges from, you know, from the ashes in, in 2024. Because this division has been a dumpster fire for the last, well, aside from like the first two years uh, with Brady, where they won the Super Bowl in 2020, they dominated again in 2021. Last year, they won the won the division with an 8-9 record and were easily boosted in the first round of the playoffs. Here we are in danger of the second year in a row, the division being won with a losing record. If Tampa Bay loses on Sunday, the winner of the division is the winner between New Orleans and Atlanta. That's your division champion. So the Atlanta Falcons can go from getting their asses kicked in Chicago last week to winning the NFC South if they beat the Saints and the Panthers beat the Buccaneers on Sunday, which, like I said, would be the most NFC South thing ever that the Falcons go from, you know, getting beat by 20 on the road by what was regarded as one of the worst teams in the league not too long ago to hosting a playoff game next weekend. That would be the most NFC South thing of all time. But in order for that to happen, the Carolina Panthers have to put it together for 60 minutes to beat the Buccaneers. And unless their defense puts on another showing like the one they had against the Falcons, a few weeks ago when they got their second win of the season, I don't see it happening. So the Buccaneers have something to play for. Between these two teams, the Buccaneers are far superior, so I'm going to stick with the Bucs here. <laughs> Cleveland at Cincinnati. Cincinnati has already been eliminated. They have nothing to play for here. Cleveland is already locked in at number five. They're already going to be the five seed going on the road to well, Jacksonville or Houston or whoever wins the NFC, AFC South uh, this weekend. I suppose if Jacksonville loses, then the winner of Houston and Indianapolis wins the division. So wouldn't that just be a twist? But, you know, so neither one of these teams has much of anything to play for. Cincinnati, the one thing they have to play for is a division win because they are 0-5 in the AFC North this season, which is bananas. Because that means they're eight and three versus everybody else. Eight and three outside of their division. You know, it's usually when you see a team struggle, 
it's it's outside their division. You know, yeah, maybe they were two and four, maybe a three and three record in the division because the AFC North is probably one of the toughest divisions in football. Period. Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, a lot of good football teams historically, anyway, and recently. A lot of good football being played by those teams, except maybe Cleveland being the outlier there. Um, but Cleveland's 11 and five going into this last game of the of the season. Cincinnati before this year, back to back AFC championship games and a Super Bowl appearance uh, lately. So you know it's uh, it's it's quite the uh, quite the contrast from where they were a year ago uh, at this time, but. You know, as I said before, Jeff Driscoll is going to start a quarterback for the Browns. Flacco will rest for the wild card round, and they're going on the road to either Jacksonville, Houston, or Indianapolis, and um, which I think is a rematch across the board. They're literally the the AFC North played the AFC South this year, so they've literally played everybody uh, over there. So it'll be a rematch no matter what. Um, and you got uh, Browning starting for the uh, Bengals, who hasn't been bad. You know, I, I think we certainly got more from Jake Browning than we thought we would uh, as far as, uh, you know, keeping the Bengals in it for as long as he did. And kudos to Zach Taylor for doing that, uh, losing Joe Burrow and the other injuries they've had, like T. Higgins was out for a spell. They they, they didn't have um, the other receiver. Tyler Boyd uh, from time to time. Jamar Chase has been in and out of the lineup as well, and yet – up until they lost last week, they were in the hunt for the playoffs. They were still fighting for a uh, fighting for a spot, and um, you know maybe it'll just be for personal pride to not get shut out in their own division uh, or whatever it is. But uh, if I, if it's if it's going to come down to Jake Browning versus Jeff Driscoll, and you know they're probably going to rest some of the, those guys on defense because the the thing about the Browns is that. Why I think Kevin Stefanski will probably be your coach of the year is because the list of people that are on IR for the Browns versus what they've been able to do and how they've won football games is staggering. You know, I think the amount of money that they have in salary cap tied up in IR, uh, you know, they're on like their fourth left tackle, their second or third right tackle, obviously their fourth quarterback. Uh, of the season, their second and third, I think maybe like even their third and fourth running backs are, are out there. It's like David Njoku and Amari Cooper. That's every. That's basically the only people they've been able to count on week in and week out. And then, of course, that defense has been unbelievable. But if I'm the Browns, anybody who's anybody on that football team is not playing on Sunday. Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, anybody. I mean, these are guys who have also been banged up this season, you know, Jeremiah, uh, Caramel, Wusu, something like that. The kid from Notre Dame, you know, any of them, just everybody's sitting this week, everybody's sitting. And that's why I'm going with the, with the Browns. Cause uh, you know, just, just with the way that they've had to deal with injuries and the fact they've made it this far, despite those injuries and are actually even poised to make a run, especially with their defense and how well they've played. This year, Cleveland is somebody to actually be feared on pretty much every level in the AFC because with that defense and with how Flacco has kind of brought that in that the offense together, 
watch out for the Browns, but don't worry about them this week. I think Browning's got this one. Minnesota at Detroit. Nick Mullins is starting at quarterback for the Vikings, so I don't know if that's them waving the, waving the white flag or, or, or whatever. I can't imagine Detroit is going to participate too much. I think you might see their starters in the beginning because uh, I think this, Detroit's pretty much locked in at number three right now. I think they are locked in at number three because obviously they lost the head-to-head to the Cowboys. Yeah, I don't know. I think they would be. I don't know if they have a scenario where they can take over number two because, uh, you know, Dallas has Washington this week, and if they win, they they win the division. They're locked in at number two. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, – because I think if Philly's in, they're at number two, and you know I think they're, I think they've got tiebreakers over the uh, Lions as well. I think like strength of schedule or something like that. So, yeah, I think is. Uh, so yeah, they're locked in at number three. So maybe you'll see some starters early in the game or something like that. Dan Campbell strikes me as the kind of guy that he's going to play his guys no matter what, uh, kind of thing. But how long I think will be the real question and we'll see if uh you know whatever they do early on in the football game is enough to get them the victory on Sunday I think I honestly think the Vikings are done so I'm going to go with the uh I'm going to go with the Lions here Jets at New England this is definitely one of those games that's out there that's being played because it has to be because I, was, I don't even know if the if the Patriots and Jet fans want to watch this game. It's uh, it's going to be ugly, and uh, you know I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. Both of these teams and these fan bases are probably in a spot right now where uh, you know it's mostly Bear fans listening to this show. That uh, you know there have been a couple of seasons, especially during the Nagy era, most recently, that you were just like when you get to the end of the regular season, like God, thank God that is over. Man, it's like I didn't want to watch that for I didn't want to watch that anymore. You know, like we that's how, you know, taxing not, and it's not so much the losing. It's like how bad the team looks week in and week out. It's like there's just nothing to look forward to, which is what made 2022 so odd as a Bears fan because we were a bad team last year, one of the worst and but yet week in and week out we were tuning in to see what Justin Fields was going to do next. You know, was he? What kind of play was he going to put out on the field? How much of a fight were we going to put up against those teams that we had at the end of the schedule uh, last year? Nobody's doing that for the Jets or the Patriots, and both teams are going to be excited that the season is coming to an end. The Jets are happy because now they can move on to twenty twenty four. Hopefully, Rodgers can stay healthy next season, and and the team that they were expected to be can be that team next year. And then with New England, you know, they'll finish with the number two. At worst, I think they're going to be the number three pick uh, in the draft, and they can trade with the Bears so they can go up and get Caleb Williams or Drake May to be their next quarterback and move on from Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi and, you know, probably move on from Belichick and, and figure out who their next GM and head coach uh, are going to be and start fresh, uh, you know, out there. It's a new be- new beginning for New England. So, but... As far as these two teams, 
I'm I you know what I've to hell with it. I'm gonna go with the Patriots. <laughs> Atlanta at New Orleans. And like I said a few games ago, this is the most NFC South thing ever. That this game, the winner of this game, could possibly be the NFC the NFC South champ uh if Tampa Bay stumbles against Carolina, which I don't think is going to happen, but I cannot rule it out. Can't rule it out. So yeah. But Atlanta's on the road. They have not been a very good road team, even though in the first matchup in Atlanta, they dominated the Saints. And it was a very odd game because the Saints statistically were fantastic. 400 yards of total offense. I think Derek Carr threw for over 300 yards uh, in the game. Alvin Kamara was doing things, but they couldn't get in the end zone. They had five scoring drives. They were all field goals. And... I think it was like an offensive touchdown, a pick six, and a couple of field goals from Yangwei Ku was enough for the Falcons to win this game. New Orleans has struggled all season on offense, which seems mind-boggling when you have Derek Carr, Chris Olave, uh, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, you know, and others uh, on the offensive side of the football, which is probably why the uh, – you know, the Saints wanted a, uh, the Saints fan base wanted a new offensive coordinator for Christmas. So it's, it's a tough pick. Both of these teams have something to play for, so you know they're going to be putting their best out there. Atlanta still has issues at quarterback, and that's really what more than anything what hurt them against the Bears last week. So I'm going to go with the Saints one last time and, you know, let them, I'm going to go with the Saints and let them break my heart one last time before 2023 season is over. <laughs> Last game in the early slate on Sunday, Jacksonville at Tennessee. Not much to talk about here. Uh, I'm I'm hearing that uh, Mike Vrabel's contract runs out uh, after the season ends on Sunday, and he may not want to come back. And I think Tennessee is going to try to beg him uh, to stay. It's like, but last year they had this really great lead in the division. They blew it, ended up missing the playoffs, uh, losing the division on the last day of the season to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this year they were never in it. They were a bad team all along five and 11 uh, this season. Nothing has seemed to go right for them. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is coming back after having the week off, which was long overdue for that poor bastard. He'd been playing hurt for weeks and um, he's back uh, and uh, well, healthier than he had been. And, uh, yeah, I figure they'll they'll easily take care of the Titans, even though this is a road game. <laughs> Funny thing about Jacksonville, their record is better on the road than it is at home. They're one of those backwards teams. Starting the Sunday late slate, we have Seattle at Arizona. Seattle still crossing their fingers. They are the first team out of the playoffs right now. So they're huge Bear fans going into the weekend. And Seattle and Arizona, Chicago and Green Bay, are being played at the same time, so it's not like Seattle will know going into it whether they're in or they're out. Uh, they're going to have to put their best foot forward uh, against the Cardinals, a scrappy team that likes to fight. Uh, you know, they they put up a fight against the Bears two weeks ago, and then they won the fight against the Car- uh, against the Eagles on the road this past Sunday. Four touchdown drives in the second half. To, uh, to beat the Eagles. So you know that Kyler Murray can get things done uh, you know, on offense and use his weapons, his legs, and everything to, uh, to get it done. 
but it's, you know, Seattle and Geno Smith and, uh, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Kenneth Walker and everything, a team that had also struggled with injuries uh, this season, which is why their play has been up and down uh, throughout the year. Yeah. Seattle won the first matchup uh, in Seattle. This one's in Arizona. They're playing for something, so I'm going to go with Seattle to win this one. I think, you know, and I think that they'll actually make the playoffs because I'm I'm betting on the Bears this weekend. So call me crazy. I'm going with the Seahawks over the Cardinals. <laughs> well, this is what you call me crazy for. Bears at Packers. We're right back where we started. The Bears and Packers started the season at, you know, in the 3 o'clock spot in Chicago. Fast forward 17 weeks later, the Bears are at Green Bay in the 3 o'clock spot to uh, wrap up the season. And, uh, you know, this this actually should be a game the Bears don't have to show up for because we've blown three double-digit fourth-quarter leads throughout the season and if we win those games we're 10 and 6 and we're locked in right now you know we're locked into a spot hell we're only one ga- actually we w- we actually might be playing this weekend and and rooting for the Vikings at the same time because that would make the Lions 10 and 6 and we're 10 and 6 and oh boy we might actually be in the we might actually be the third seed in the NFC right now if we'd have won those 3 games uh God, to even think about that is crazy, considering how the season started, starting 0-4, being, I think, 1-6 at one point during the season, it, you know, 2-5, and five, I think, was how we did, you know, but it just, just Matt, I think 2-7, and seven we were at one point, and here we've been five out of our last seven games, and those two losses were fourth quarter collapses against uh, the Lions, uh, you know, week 12, and then a couple weeks ago that 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 uh, that collapse against Cleveland. We should have won both of those games. And if we were, if we, say we just won those two games, we'd be ele- we'd be nine and eight right now, you know, <sighs> or nine and nine and seven. Excuse me. Oh, it's crazy to think about, and it's something that Bear fans are going to be talking about all season, all off season. You know, those three games, it would have changed everything. And now we're going out looking for the pieces that are going to help us win those three games, whether it's new offensive coordinators or new quarterbacks, if some people get their wish or whatever. We'll have to wait and see. Green Bay was kind of like the Bears. You know, the, after beating us in week one, they, the, you know, the, at the blink of an eye, they're two and five. And then they won three games in a row, and then they lost two, and then they won three in a more in a row, and now here they are at eight and eight. Uh, you know, and it's a win in your in situation for the uh, for the Packers. So, like I said, the Seahawks are big Bear fans; they're rooting for us on Sunday. The Bears are eliminated, so we got nothing to play for other than pride. And starting twenty twenty four off in the right way, you know. The first game we play in 2024, calendar-wise, is this Packer game in Lambeau because last Sunday was December 31st. So here we are. This uh, very important game, this rivalry game that hasn't been a rivalry for many, many years. And even though he's not on the football team, Aaron Rodgers still talking shit about the Bears and the Packers. Uh, and all still referring to Green Bay as we when talking to Pat McAfee the other day. 
And uh, I want nothing more than to win this game. I've been saying that for weeks now, uh, even before the Bears really kind of started showing up in these last three, four games. I wanted this one so bad. It was like, even if we lose every game, we gotta, we, we got to win that one against Green Bay. And even though in, now that the stakes are higher and Green Bay needs, needs to win to get into the playoffs because they're the seventh seed right now. They are in at this moment. They need a win to lock it up. I still want it. I want it so bad. I want it so bad. I, I, we need to change the narrative. We need to go into the offseason just like the Lions did last year. You know, they didn't find out until the day of in week 18 last year when, ironically, the Seahawks lost. Or it's actually the Seahawks won. They beat the Rams, which knocked the Lions out of the, uh, of the playoffs. So when they played on Sunday Night Football, they knew they were eliminated. But they went into Lambeau. They beat the Packers. The Packers were a win-in-your-in team last season. The Lions beat them, sent them home. That's what the Bears need to do this year, this this season, this week. Yeah. And to hell with it. I'm in. I, but I'm, you know, whether it's a believer or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid or I'm just smart. One of those things is true. <laughs> and I'll either be right or I'll be soul-crushingly wrong on Sunday and everything. And actually, even if we do lose on Sunday, I want it to be a football game. You know, I, I was talking to Evan Western from Acme Packing, you know, previewing the Bears game, which you'll be able to hear tomorrow on Friday. And I was like, at the very least, it was, there was a matchup at the end of 2000, the 2010 season. The Bears were already locked in uh, to the two seed. They were, you know, they, their fate was already sealed. They had the bye week coming up, the whole nine yards. And... The Packers needed to win in order to be the sixth seed to make the playoffs. So the Bears were looking to keep Green Bay out, and they went in there, and it was one of the most amazing football games I've ever watched. Unfortunately, the Bears lost, but it was high-level football, and it was a back-and-forth fight to the very end. Green Bay won it, and then they beat us in the NFC Championship game to go on and win the Super Bowl that year. That sucked, but... I want this game to be one of those. It's like so if the Bears have to lose, I want this game to be the one that turns the corner for the rivalry and turn it into a rivalry again. This back and forth thing and um hopefully that's what I see. But I'm going with my heart on this one, ignoring my ignoring my gut, ignoring my mind. It's all heart here. I'm going with the Bears. <laughs> Kansas City at the Chargers. Already mentioned before, Pat Mahomes will not play. Blaine Gabbert will start for the Chiefs. And if you thought they struggled under Pat Mahomes, wait till you see what Blaine Gabbert brings to the table uh, on Sunday. But the Chargers are also bringing Easton Stick as their starting quarterback for Herbert, who is you know out for the year with the hand injury on his throwing hand this time. The Chargers have Khalil Mack, who did make the Pro Bowl again this year. And um, I think Keenan Allen made the Pro Bowl as well for them. Yeah, I don't know. You know, Kansas City's already locked in at number three on the AFC side, so they're playing next weekend no matter what, so they're resting everyone. So you probably won't see Travis Kelsey, uh, probably won't see a few other guys uh, as well uh, out there. So, And this is at 
L.A., you know, let's get one. Let's get one win for the interim coach. You know, before he gets his pink slip, and we bring in whoever we're bringing in, a new general manager, a new head coach next season. How about let's let's win one for the Gipper on the way out? And out to hell with it. I'll go with the Chargers. Denver at Vegas. It's another couple of teams that. Uh, yeah, you know they they. I mean, I don't think anyone su- thought that either one of them would be where they're at right now. Denver eight and eight. Uh, you know, Vegas seven and nine, you know, I don't think Denver has a shot anywhere to make the playoffs, especially with what's in front of them. You know, the bills I think are in regardless, maybe. Yeah. I don't, I don't think the Buffalo is in any danger right now, but uh, you know, maybe if they lose and they're 10 and seven and the Steelers win and they're 10 and seven and all that kind of, I think, yeah, I'm not sure what the scenarios uh, are. I should have looked that up. I I apologize, but Denver's. Oh yeah. Oh here I go. I'm, now I'm looking at it. Denver and Vegas are both eliminated, so nothing to play for here. Uh, Denver is still going with Jared Stidham. Uh, Vegas. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with Vegas on this one because of uh, Max Crosby and uh, the defense. You know, getting one last uh, win. It's at home. It's in Vegas. So. I'm going to go with the Raiders. (laughs) Philadelphia at the Giants. Philly's got to be one of the most disappointing teams over the second half of this season. You know, 10 and one and that victory to go 10 and one was that, you know, dramatic come from behind overtime victory over the bills, uh, you know, at the beginning of December. And since then they're one and four and their one victory was a squeaker against this Giants team two weeks ago. And they pretty much could have locked up the NFC East last weekend if they beat the Cardinals. Nope. Four second-half touchdowns. This defense just rolled over and showed its belly to Kyler Murray. Cardinals, and they went ahead and, and blew that game, lost it. And now they went from, you know, still having an outside shot at the number one seed to right now they're in danger of being a road team throughout the playoffs at this point. Because if, uh, you know, first of all, they got to take care of business against the Giants, which they almost didn't do at home two weeks ago. But now they got to pray for the commanders to beat the Cowboys to still win the division because the Cowboys own the tiebreaker uh, against Philly uh, in this one. So if they finish with the same record, the Cowboys are in. The Cowboys are the, you know, are the NFC East champs and they're the two seed hosting the playoffs and are at home through the NFC title game. You know, if, uh, you know, if somebody beats the 49ers, the Cowboys will host the NFC championship game or so one would think with them being undefeated at home, uh, this season. So, you know, Philadelphia is a bona fide mess. They, and it just makes no sense. I mean, I know that, that Brian Dable, Jonathan Cooper, those guys are good coaches and even with the inferior talent, are pulling the most they can out of their players. But come on, man. Philly dominated in the NFC last year, probably should have won the Super Bowl last year, started this year 10-1, and shaky or not. They found a way to win 10 of their first uh, 11 games. And the last five weeks, they're 1-4, and 
and their one victory is barely squeaking it out against the Giants two weeks ago. And going into the final three weeks of the season, this team had two of the worst football teams in the in the division in the in the in the league. Excuse me, in the, the in the league on their schedule. It was Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Those are their last three games. They struggled to beat the Giants. They lost to the Cardinals, and now they have to go on the road to the Giants to finish out the season. So I think Tyrod's still the starter for the for the Giants. So no Tommy Abba, you know, Gabagool out there, you know, Tommy Jersey, uh, you know, doing his magic thing over there, you know, talking about. But I mean, I'm gonna go with the Eagles. Obviously, they're the better team here. They just haven't played like it. And maybe they just need to get out of their own head and remember who they are to, you know, get the job done on Sunday. But right now, they're staring a road playoff game at, you know, either Tampa, New Orleans, or Atlanta instead of hosting uh, a playoff game against Green Bay or the Rams or something like that. So, yeah, it's not a good-looking situation and Philadelphia is looking like that team that uh, isn't going to go far uh, in the playoffs. Like maybe they'll win that wild card round against the NFC South placeholder, but in the divisional round, they're done. So at least that's how I think it's going to go for them. And that's if they get past the divisional champ in the NFC South with the way that with their plan. Can you trust to, to say that Philly's going to get it done? Can they? Absolutely. Will they? Oof, the last five weeks would say no, but uh, I think they'll get it done against the Giants, and I also think the football gods are going to work against them, and the Cowboys are going to beat the Commanders too. <laughs> so we'll just go ahead and talk about that game real quick. Dallas at Washington. Washington's done. Ron Rivera's done. Eric Bieniemy's going to be looking for a new job here in a couple weeks uh, and everything. They're all they're done. So Dallas is going to put its best on the field, at least for the first half of that game to, to get a lead on this team. It's a, it's a road game for, for Dallas, so it's not a guarantee. They're a 3-5 and five team on the road uh, this season, so we'll see how it goes uh, for them. But, you know, on paper, this is – it's not even a – you know, you don't even really think about it. Dallas is going to beat Washington. And then finally, uh, the last late game on Sunday, the Rams at the 49ers. Carson Wentz is starting for Matt Stafford. I'm sure Sam Darnold is more than likely going to be starting for Brock Purdy on Sunday, along with them emptying their benches uh, on both sides of the ball. So won't see much, if any, of Puka Nakua in this one or Christian McCaffrey or Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel or anybody else of substance that you would want to watch a football game like this for. This division rivalry between the Rams and the 49ers, you'll probably have to wait for them to butt heads in the playoffs to uh, – to get a meaningful uh, matchup here. But, uh, you know, I'm going to go with the 49ers being deeper than the Rams, and this game is in San Francisco. I'm going to go ahead and just take the 49ers and get it over with. <laughs> and then finally, the best game of the week, or at least that's what it's being, that's what it's shaping up to be, or that's why it's in the spot that it's in. Sunday Night Football, Buffalo at Miami. Buffalo a few weeks ago, a month ago, was 6-6. Six and six. And they were lucky to be 6-6 six and six with the way that they played. They should have been a, you know, should have been like a 7-4, 7-5, uh, you know, 8-4 team at that point. 
uh, but they they let some games get away, and that's kind of like been what's Buffalo's Achilles' heel, which is why they're always on the road uh, for the playoffs and things like that. Because they'll go ahead and they'll go on the road, or they'll they'll beat, you know, like they beat Cincinnati in the regular season. Uh, they'll beat the, the 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 Chiefs in the regular season, and then they'll piss one away against the Jets. You know, they'll they'll lose this random game to some NFC team that you know. But it ends up hurting them in the AFC standings, and they're a game behind the Chiefs now, even though they own the tiebreaker and things. That's happened a few years in a row now. And this year, they had a few of those losses strung together. That loss against Denver on Monday night, where they absolutely just wouldn't get out of their own way. Uh, and, and, and a, you know, that, the week, that loss week one to the Jets uh, and everything, there have been a couple more along the way where it's just like, my God. The, you know, usually it's only maybe one, maybe two of these games that, you know, just like, why, why did they lose that game? They've put a few of those together this season. But in the last month, after they got that bye week, I think it was after the Philly game. Yeah, I think the Philly game, that was what put them at 6-6. Six and six. They had the week off after that. They're 4-0 and since that. They're 10-6 they're, they're and six here. They almost, almost pissed it away against the uh, Chargers two weeks ago on Saturday night. But, uh, you know, we're able to pull that one out. They beat the Patriots last week, and here they are looking at the Dolphins, who are only one game better at 11-5 and five because they were 10-2, and two and they've been 1-3 over the last month. You know, that, that, that Monday night loss to the Titans is really hurting right now because if they were 12-4, and four, then... They got nothing to play for on Sunday. They're locked in at number two. It's not going to get any worse for them. They're locked in at two. Two is not playing. They're benching everybody to get ready for the wild card round. And Buffalo's the team that's playing to get in uh, kind of thing. But instead, that loss to Tennessee at home where they, I think they'd lost one game, or I think that was actually maybe the first game they'd lost at home this season. That one looms large because... Buffalo owns the tiebreaker over Miami because they beat Miami in week four, I think, whatever it was, uh, pretty handy, like 48-20 to 20 in Buffalo early on in the season. And Miami's not being really great football, but the good thing for them is they're at home where they've played their best football, where they beat the Cowboys uh, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, they stumbled against the Titans as well, but, you know, They've, they've, they're the team that struggles on the road, so they need to win on Sunday to ensure that they'll be his home for as long as possible until it's time to go to Baltimore to try to win the NFC, AFC Championship game. But, you know, Buffalo's playing inspired football right now. It's like Miami's in the playoffs no matter what. It's like that's not the question. It's a matter of, it's, it's, you know, and it's funny because it's the same division just on the other side. It's the Dolphins and the Bills are the Cowboys and the Eagles. So, you know, whoever wins is going to be the, the East Division champ. The loser is uh, going on the road for the, uh, for the, basically for the duration of the playoffs because they'll all, most likely always be ranked lower than whoever they're playing uh, this, this, uh, this playoff run. So I'm really interested, man. This, I'm definitely going to be watching this one for sure because it's definitely a game that uh, – we're going to keep a tight eye on, and uh, you know it weighs heavy in how the AFC is going to turn out. A lot of people have high opinions on 
the Bills and how they've been playing and they're the best team not in the playoffs or they're that team that nobody wants to play. And if they win on Sunday, it'd be five straight wins to finish the season. They're champions of the AFC East again because they won it last year as well. And Miami is uh, 11 and 6 as well. Great season for them, but they're on the road uh, going to the playoffs. So I think it actually might even uh, bump the bump the Browns down if they uh, if they lose. So we'll see. Because I think the Browns are going to lose, so they'll be 11 and 6. Miami will be 11 and 6. So maybe Cleveland goes from traveling to the AFC South champion to. Uh, you know, having to play the Chiefs or something like that. But that actually, I would I would applaud that because I would like Cleveland in a game over the Chiefs right now. So, yeah. But uh, I'm interested to see. This is definitely when we put our, uh, when I put my confidence points on this one, it's, it, this is going to be like my one or two, one or two game because this one really can go either way. But for now, I'm going to go with the hot hand. And right now the hot hand is Buffalo. <laughs> So there you have it, guys. All 16 matchups for week number 18. I did a couple minutes on all of them. Come back on Monday when or Tuesday. Come back on Tuesday, excuse me. Tuesday when we will uh, break down the schedule. We'll see how much of a – maybe I will pluck a few of these games out and talk about – maybe we'll do a pick six on Tuesday and we'll get one last regular season all-out blitz uh, out of this for the rest of the games, especially since a lot of them are – yeah, there are going to be guys who are just pulled off the street to play in this game or uh, that kind of thing. So we'll obviously we'll talk about the the playoff matchups, what we have ahead, and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So come back on Tuesday for the review episode for week number 18. Come back tomorrow for Bears-Packers preview for week 18. Evan Western from Acme Packing Company will be joining us to preview that one. So come back tomorrow for that. Tuesday for the fourth phase, and until then... My name is Larry D. This has been The Fourth Phase, and we will see you next time.